morning and Merry Christmas. It's good to see you all. Today's Christmas Eve. I'm excited about that. Are you? Thanks for listening to the Weekly Overflow Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. We're gonna we're gonna go to Rushville today and have Christmas with my my family at my mom's house. So before I get into into a shorter than usual message, um, I want us to I want us to pray together for someone real quick. Um, our sister Debbie Smock is in Arizona right now, and she lives there about half the year. She doesn't like winter for some reason. I don't I don't understand that, but she doesn't even know like we're still in summer season right here, but. <clears throat> I was praying for snow. Oh, by the way, last night I got a I got an alert on my phone because we have these Arlo security cameras, and and I, it popped up and I looked to see what was going on in the backyard, and I I, th- I was for sure I saw snow coming down heavy because it looked like snow just flowing around. I'm like, are you serious? We got our Christmas miracle, and then I looked at the front the front doorbell camera and it was just plain. It's like. Is it snowing in the backyard only? And it was just fog. It was like the mist from the fog. It was like dancing around on that thing. It looked like snow. I got excited. Anyway, um, I want us to pray for Debbie Smock because she's been, she has issues in her heart. And and she's actually going, I think, on Tuesday, right, to have surgery. Um, they, were, they were probably going to start off by trying to put stents in there. Is that correct? And... Uh, but anyway, we just want to pray for her. We want to pray that God will heal her, but we also just pray for her that, that if she still has to have the surgery, um, that everything goes as it needs to and just full recovery. But uh, she, she texted and said that um, there's blockage in the bottom artery of her heart, and she said she needs Jehovah Rotor-Rooter <laughs> to take care of it. So, so we're going we're gonna to pray to Jehovah Rotor-Rooter tonight or today. So, but we, we just want to pray for her for healing and, and protection on this. So can you guys stand with me for a moment and let's lift our hands to the Lord and what some like to call it, taking a priestly stance, all right? So let's lift our hands to the Lord and, and lift, lift Debbie up right now. <clears throat> God, we lift Debbie Smock to you right now in Jesus' name. And, and Lord, we just thank you, God, for who you are, Lord, um, Jesus, you died on the cross and took wounds upon your body, bled so that you could bring healing to our bodies. Thank you for that. And I thank you, Lord. Debbie is a believer in you and and you as her healer. We do too. Lord, your name is Jehovah Rapha. The Lord God is my healer. And now we just learned your name is Jehovah (laughs) Roder-Rooter. Lord, you are, you're, you're the greatest heart surgeon that's ever existed. We ask you to touch her right now, touch her heart, touch her arteries, any, anything that's, that's related to this that needs healing. We ask you to bring supernatural healing to her in the name of Jesus. Lord, we just declare that right now, healing into her heart. I want you guys to shout that, healing in Jesus' name. Healing. Hallelujah. 
And Lord, if, if she still continues to need to get surgery, we also bless that. Lord, we ask you to bless the doctors and the nurses and let everything just go as it needs to. Lord, that, that she will come out of this thing completely well with fast recovery. In the name of Jesus. Everybody says? Amen. Amen. All right, you guys can be seated. Thank you. All right, I, I want to, I know there's some kids in the room. Kids, raise your hand if you're a kid. Yeah. All right, why don't we adults give the kids a big hand for being awesome and being in here with us. This morning is a, is a family service. My, my wife is not here to help keep them in line over here, so might have to do it with the microphone. I don't want to have to do it with the microphone. All right. So any, anyhow, kids, I want, to, I want to invite you all to please listen closely because this is not just an adult message. Um, I think Miss Laura gave you guys, Mrs. Laura, sorry, gave you guys a goodie bag and there's, a, there's actually a sermon notes in there. If you guys want to pull your crayons out, jot down notes. That's totally cool. But I, I wanted to start this morning, um, my time with this morning, and just kind of reminisce on some of my fun Christmas memories and, and some of my favorite Christmas presents that I got when I was a kid. Um, I, don't, I don't remember if it was 1986 or 87, but I was... I was somewhere around 10 or 11 years old, um, and I, I got, th- this one Christmas, I got some amazing presents. How many of you kids are excited about Christmas, by the way? Yeah? Let me hear how excited you are. How, no, I can't hear you. Are you guys excited? Yeah, come on. Who's excited? Come on. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, did, did any of you kids ask for anything for Christmas? Yay, all right. Well, maybe later you can tell me what it is. But, but I want to tell you about a, some of my childhood presents that I was excited about. This one year, I got this thing called Capsella. And has, has anybody ever heard of Capsella? Let me see your hands. Am I really the only? You're, you're, you're nerding out with me, too. That's awesome. Did you have it? Yeah, upscale. Ooh, I didn't know I had an upscale toy. Okay, what's that? They sold it there. That's awesome. Capsella was awesome. Dude, you haven't heard of it? Oh, man. You're going to be jealous. Miles, have you heard of Capsella? Sheldon? Great. You, you, you have? Did you ever have it? You, you, your brother had it? Pretty amazing, right? All right, so it's all these individual. John, you don't know what Capsella? Dude. All right. You're going to be jealous, and they don't make it anymore, so bummer for you. It's these cool, clear, like spherical things that they all fit together. It's basically, it's, I'm going to say it's like an engineer's dream, all right? And it's got, they've got gears inside, and they've got, each one has its own special thing, and you can fit them together and create all these different things. And there's floating things that you can put on water. You can put a motor on it and it spins, and you can put a propeller, and it blows across water, or all kinds, of, you can put wheels on it, make it go, you got a solar panel, you can make it light up, it was amazing, so it's a builder's dream, but that was called Capsella, and that same year was like my big year, because I also got 
a G.I. Joe jet, a black stealth bomber jet that was like this big, and that dude was amazing. So I'm sorry if you're jealous, but that was cool. Nine, that same jet is or Capsella? You can get it for 99 bucks. Is it used? Does it work? By the, you can get it by the first. Wow. Okay, so there you go. Somebody bids it quick enough. All right, another year, I got, a, I got a train track, which I was pretty stoked about. How many of you guys have ever got a train track? I know we've got a, a train track professional back here, Mr. Steve. Um, but I, I got a train track that year, which was amazing. But the cool gift for that year was a family gift. And we opened that up, like we, all three of us kids had to like tear paper to try to open it at the same time. How good is that going to go? But um, we opened it up, and it was our first family computer. Oh, yeah. And we're talking like 1986. Okay, this was a bad boy. It was a Commodore 64. Has anybody ever had a Commodore 64 before? Oh, yeah. And the, and the rivals were the apples, but... We'll go Commodore. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? I want to I take a minute and tell you guys about the Commodore 64, if you don't mind, just a humor, just for fun. Um, and I'm going to compare it to my current MacBook Pro. It's a 2020 edition with an M1 chip, all right? I just want to, this is just for fun. This is a 1983 computer, okay? Commodore 64. It had a processor speed. I know some of you guys... Um, you could care less, but humor me. We, we've been talking Greek, now we're talking geek, all right? So today, it's geek. All right, processor speed of the Commodore 64 was a 1.023 megahertz, okay? If you know anything about computers, you know that was fast. But a megahertz, now we're talking gigahertz, okay? And, and so a, a gigahertz is 1,000 megahertz, right? This thing was 1.023 megahertz. My current computer, 3.2 gigahertz, which that means nothing to you. It's 3,128 times faster than that was. Okay? Just that, you know that number, all right? It also had RAM which is random access memory. I don't, I'm not going to get into all what that is, but um, it really has to do with the performance of the computer, okay? It had 64 kilobytes of RAM, which is pretty incredible, versus my current one, which is 8 gigabytes of RAM, which nowadays that's even getting smaller for some people who care more than I do. All right, but a gigabyte, which is what we deal with now, is 1 million kilobytes, so, 8 million kilobytes is what I currently have. <laughs> and that thing was 64 kilobytes. You hear me? Like, we're in 2023 now. That's 125,000 times better than the Commodore 64. You guys tracking? All right. This is just for fun. This isn't spiritual. All right. The ROM, which is the hard drive storage, it's how much space you have to save things. It hardly had anything at all. It's 20 kilobytes because you mainly didn't use the computer's hard drive. You used, it had a cassette recorder. Cassette. Like a tape. You put that in there and it records on that thing. That's ridiculous. 
I mean, come on. If this came out five years before, it had been a record player. <laughs> but, it, but then it had a floppy disk drive. How I many of you guys know what a floppy disk is? This is like pre-CDs, right? Floppy. It's a square about this big, and it can flop if you go like that. It's black square, and you stick it in there, and then you hear it running. And, it, and it's, it was a machine that was about as big as the keyboard was, and you connect it. Um, but anyway, like, you, and you had to buy those separately and connect it on there. It's crazy. But so, so a floppy disk is where you'd store all your information. Like now you store it right on the hard drive. You'd store it on the floppy disk. A floppy disk held 170 kilobytes. 170 kilobytes. That's tiny, right? But, but my current computer is 500 gigabytes. Okay, and again, a, a gigabyte is like way more. That's the same as 500 million kilobytes. Come on, I know you guys are in awe right now, aren't you? So this is, a, this is something I, I figured out, though. And this is where it gets really nerdy. To have the same storage space then on my Commodore that I have now, it would take 2,941,176 floppy disks. That's crazy. I mean, we've come a, 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 about a half a mile since then, right? At least. But anyway, so the, the monitors were terrible. It was horrible screen quality. We actually started off with one that had one color, orange. Can you believe that? My dad bought an orange monitor. Like we had to play video games with Bruce Lee running around in orange. And, and there, there was like stick figures, like that. Nothing like what we have now. Are you guys, is this fun or <laughs> do you care? And it made noises. Like it, it wasn't like, like CD quality noises. It was like, <laughs> like that was about as good as it got. So, and then, then like years later, this thing called a modem came out. You guys ever heard of a modem before? Okay. You, you, had, a, you had to have a phone line and you stick your telephone on it and hook it up to the phone line. And, and then there was no such thing as this thing called internet. So like you had to like dial it directly to somebody else's house if you wanted to interact with each other. It, there's a lot of use for that. So, oh, do you guys remember the modem noises? <laughs> and it does that for like two minutes. And like you kids today, you play video games and you get frustrated if you, if you have to wait 20 seconds for that thing to load up. Like the end of the world if you're waiting 20 seconds. Let's try like several minutes. That's how long it took then. So anyway, there's nothing spiritual about that. I just wanted to geek out with you for a second because I was having memories. I thought you might like that. Um, but I, I do want to, I, I will get spiritual at some point, I promise. When I was about David's age, how old are you, David? He's about nine, he says. He's almost 10. Okay, so I was somewhere around his age. And, and I, I was stoked for Christmas that year, as every year. And there was this cartoon that I used to watch, which nowadays, as in retrospect, I don't know if I would recommend it. But my mom didn't care because she didn't pay attention or have the same values, I guess. Sorry, mom. But anyway, I don't know if you're watching or not. But, but it was called Voltron. Everybody, anybody heard of Voltron? Man, that was awesome. It was these, it was these giant 
um, robot machines that these cool dudes could get in the head of it and drive it, and they would run like a lion. And, and there's five of them, but and so they all had like their own powers and stuff. But uh, but like when the big bad guy was coming to destroy the whole world, they would they would merge them all together and transform, and then one would become a leg, the other leg, arms, and then the torso. That was like the the big dude, right? They'd all inter- integrate in. And then there were like this, this big, mighty warrior that could, that could save the whole universe. And I wanted that toy so bad, and, and I was just so stoked about it. Like, I wanted it so bad that I, I took my Legos and built the, that dude and glued it together because I didn't want anybody to mess with my Voltron. It's awesome. So I was so excited about Voltron, and guess what I got that Christmas morning? I got all five pieces of Voltron. It was amazing. And, and it was, you stack them together, and the full size is about this tall. And it's this cool plastic toy. It's got a big sword. And it was amazing. And so I was stoked the day after Christmas to go show my buddy, Jason, who lived right down the road, my Voltron. I couldn't wait to show him my awesome present. I'm like, Jason, check out what I got. And he's like, yeah, that's awesome. Check out what I got. And then he pulled his Voltron out that was like this big. And it was metal. And it was like 20 times better than mine. He's like, look at mine. I'm like, (laughs) I had to to work through a little bit of jealousy. And I was like, I'm going to still be happy. I'm going to still be happy. And try to not not look at his. But but his, his was better and bigger. And... I just, I had to work through it, and then when I went home, I'm like, you know what, I don't care what he got, I'm happy I got this, but like every year, um, when I got an awesome thing, he got the awesomer thing, and it just happened like that all the time, and so, and I remember one, one year, I got a, I came down for Christmas morning, and I had this awesome, shiny, glittery, red, huffy dirt bike, and that dude was the, that was awesome. But who needs that when it's snow outside? Well, I guess I did. But, but I, I, was ex- I was stoked about it. And then, you know, I drive it, I ride it down to Jason's house, and now comes him and his better dirt bike. That was cool. I used to get G.I. Joe vehicles. That was, that was the coolest thing ever, too. And I'd go show it to him, and then he'd pull out his, like, for every one I got, he got three more. <laughs> so it's like... All these times I had to work through this thing in my heart, but I still had fun with them. But I had to work through jealousy, had to, had to learn contentment, amen? I mean, you guys know that it's probably a good idea to find your way into contentment and be thankful for what we have, right? So it, it helped, me, helped me to appreciate um, my stuff better when I worked through that, but, but I did have to work through it. Can anybody ever relate to what I'm talking about or... My just the dude up here that what did you have Voltron? Okay, so the little one, so you could you could feel what I'm saying. Okay, you didn't know there was a bigger one. There was. I hate to tell you. Okay, there was one that was bigger than the one you had, Lauren. Can you believe that? Okay, but anyway, my my buddy Jason, he was actually one of my closest friends, and and. Uh, we just had a lot of fun together. He didn't like he didn't like make fun of me or make me feel bad or whatever. It was just it was just something that happened. But 
Uh, but I did work through jealousy when I saw that he had better stuff than I did. But I, I just want to say this. That I actually do have a point for all this. That um, as, the, as time went on, I started realizing that as, uh, although Jason had better stuff than I did, that his family was not happy. And, and his family wasn't happy, and there wasn't very much love in their home. And, and it was a broken home. I didn't know that when I was younger. I didn't know to see that, but it was a broken home. And um, eventually, Jason's parents got divorced, and, and things just kept going downhill. And as Jason got older, he started getting into dark stuff in his life. And, he, and you know, he started picking up some really bad habits and just not good things and kind of destroying his life. And, but then I'd like, I'd have to look at me and realize I was actually raised in a home that loved me. I was raised in a home that taught, that, that we all loved each other. And my parents raised us in church. They raised us to love Jesus and to love people well. And it was, a, it, was, it was more healthy, right? And so, like, the things that I, that I could have measured me and compared to him and been like, man, he's getting, all, he's getting better stuff than I am. But the fact is, I had a happy life with a happy family. And it didn't matter, like, really, in the end, it didn't matter what he had because, the, because it was broken. They were broken in the heart. You see what I'm saying? So, so... It, it can be easy to compare and to, you know, to size ourselves up with other people and stuff. But the fact is, like, whatever you're comparing is not actually what's important. That's not the, that's not the important thing. Amen? And, uh, you know, my, maybe my family didn't spend as much on toys as other people did. But they loved us well. Amen? It was a safe home. It was a loving home, and that's worth more than anything else in the world. Amen? amen. Kids, amen? amen? Amen. All right. I know you guys are down there taking notes. Okay. I didn't know I was supposed to say key phrases. Okay. I didn't know that. I guess I'm ill-prepared. Okay. <clears throat> what? It, oh, then I'm doing good so far. So I, I saw my friend Jason years ago, and but, or years later, I mean, and, and my heart just broke for him. I, I just I felt sad for him because of the, the state of life he was in and stuff. And, um, you know, I, I want to say this, too. Not, not all homes have the kind of love and safety that I had. And, and you know, I, and I am sensitive to that, and, I, and the Lord cares and I just want to say this, that Jesus, um, part of why he came was to heal broken hearts and to heal broken homes. Amen. So, you know, even for people who might be listening right now, if you didn't have the same kind of home I did, the Lord wants to be your home and he wants to heal hearts. Okay. And I, I want to say this, and kids, I hope you'll listen to this thing right here. Um, we can't receive our self-worth from the things we have or don't have, okay? We can't receive our self-worth from the things we do 
or cannot do. We have to receive our self-worth by the goodness of God in our lives. Amen? And, and, you know, even though my parents might not have given us all this, the cool stuff like everybody else or the better clothes like the cool kids or whatever, I'll tell you something my parents did give me. They, they, they demonstrated what generosity looks like. So they imparted values, heart values. And I, I got to learn that. I gotta, they, were, they were always helping people in need, whether it be neighbors around us that they saw broken or lacking. Like, I didn't even know it most of the time when they were doing it. Sometimes I did. But they were helping people all the time with stuff. I didn't even know. People at church, people in our family. But, it, but it, it, was, it was good for me to see that. And they taught me what the Bible says in Acts 20.35. It says it's better to give than to receive. Can everybody say that? Why don't you repeat this with me? It's better to give than to receive. Hey, kids, can you guys repeat that with me? It's better to give than to receive. And that's God's heart right there. Amen? And, and so as a kid, like, the Lord actually started putting compassion in my heart. I started, I remember times when I was in grade school, I'd be, I'd be laying on the couch and we'd flip through the channels and there'd be these infomercials. I don't know if they still do infomercials anymore, but there was, there was this, this organization that was raising money to help the poor kids in Ethiopia. And, on the, and there would be like a 20-minute commercial, and you'd be sitting there watching little kids, like the ages of the kids in this room right here, and, and starving to death. You'd see them skin and bones, and some of them had bloated stomachs because I guess starvation caused your stomach to bloat, and almost naked, and some of them had flesh-eating diseases and flies flying around their head and stuff. And I would be laying there on the couch watching that, and I, I would just feel some compassion. I felt I'd start crying watching that stuff because I, I, I saw broken kids, people, people who didn't have the means to take care of themselves, and, and I'd, I'd, find, I'd find my eyes just crying. And I didn't know it at the time, but, but what I was feeling was the love of God for people. Amen? He was putting mercy in my heart for people. <clears throat> And then at some point, I was able to connect this with that experience, but I, I learned that story in Matthew 25 when it talks about how Jesus is going to separate the sheep from the goats. You guys know that story? And I'm going I'm to read a, a part of it. Starting at verse 34, it says, Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did, you, when did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked, and clothe you? When did we see you sick, or in prison, or come and come to you? And the king will answer and say to him, 
say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these of my brethren, you did it to me. I want you guys to repeat this with me. When you did it for them, you did it for me. Come on. Kids, will you say that with me? When you did it for them, you did it for me. And Jesus is teaching us that, that when we love others well, that he's receiving love from us in that encounter. That's amazing. Like he, he actually loves that person you're loving through you. But he also is receiving your love to him through them. It's incredible. He inserts himself into our compassion moments. That's awesome. Don't you guys see that? So awesome. His heart is moved by our love for people. He puts himself into it. I just want to say, like, when we're showing love to people, like true, pure, unfiltered love, whether you, receive, whether you realize it or not, you're worshiping Jesus. That's amazing. Don't you guys think so? Now, I'm not saying this to guilt trip us, because guess what's happening tomorrow? <laughs> and I don't want us to... I don't want us to go into tomorrow like thinking, what I, you know, oh, this means I shouldn't be excited that I'm going to get presents. Get excited. I got the biggest present under the tree. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know why I have the biggest present under the tree, but I'm stoked about opening that thing. And that's okay. It's not saying we shouldn't be excited about that, but, but, but it's just about knowing the flow of the heart in God's heart. Amen? We need to remember what Christmas is all about. And, and David just said, it's just an empty box. Dude, <laughs> wait till you see what yours is. We, we, just, we need to remember what Christmas is all about. Like, we, I want us to have fun with the lights and the cookies and the movies and presents, the music, all that stuff is wonderful, but, but we need to remember what it's all about, and it's, it's all about... Jesus, who came to give everything for us. Amen? He, he gave up his godly attributes. You know, he's omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent. He, get, he laid that down so he could be a human. He gave up his throne. He gave up his glory. He gave up his reputation. He gave up his self-sufficiency. He gave up his right to choose a life for himself. He gave up the desires for fleshly needs and wants and enticements by saying no every single day of his life to temptation. He gave up his will. He gave up his life for you. Amen? Amen. Hey, kids, Christmas is about Jesus. He gave it all for you. Amen? Jesus humbled himself to be a helpless little baby. A pooping, crying little baby. But Jesus wants us to worship him, and he wants us to love one another as if it was Jesus that we were loving. Do you guys hear that? Like, I, I, think, I think we can love well, but I think that it just takes it to another level when we take the time to behold Jesus 
in the person that we're loving, even if they don't know him. He said, when you did it for the least of these, you did it for me. It's amazing. So Christmas is about receiving the greatest gift that's ever been given, Jesus. It's about worshiping Jesus, right? I love Christmas carols that are about Jesus. We do them. We always make sure to do them through the month because it, it, it helps recenter and recalibrate what it's all about. So it's about worshiping Jesus. It's about giving the gift of his love to those around us, right? <clears throat> I, I love the story of the three wise men, and they're, you know, they're called magi. And they're, nobody knows for sure who or what they were. We don't even know really if there's three. I don't know if we knew that or not. There might have been like, there could have been a whole entourage of them. The, the only reason that they say that there's three is because there's three gifts that was mentioned in the story. Okay. Kids, can you guys tell me what gifts they brought to Jesus? The three wise men. I heard, did I hear gold? You got it. And frankincense and myrrh. Right? And you guys, Frankenstein, yes. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And the, the, the <clears throat> frankincense and myrrh are, they're, they're like herbs or like, I don't know what you call it. They're like, uh, what are they? <laughs> they're essential oils. Well, <laughs> the entity, the, the actual element of it is, what'd you say? It's resin. It's like, a, it's like this, it smells good. And it, the, I guess what I just want to get at is back in that day, that stuff was very expensive. It wasn't just like passing perfume on somebody. Who said, do you say it still is? But I, I don't know if it currently is this or not, but I think I'd read that back in that day, it might have actually been worth at least as much as gold was in its weight. It's pretty crazy. And, and, the, the thoughts are that, that they brought, like, lots of this stuff to Jesus. People think Jesus was poor, and maybe, he, maybe his family was, but I think that after they came, they were poor no longer. And, that, and the Lord was able to use that. This is what, this is what the scholars say, that they, they, they were poor, but they actually had the ability to fund an immediate trip to Egypt and Jesus' life. How did they do that? And some people think that that money actually was like a, something that they were able to raise Jesus on. And we don't know, but it's just amazing. But the point really is not that. The point is the heart that these men had to, to lay down their reputations. Because these guys were prestigious people. They, they were prestigious. They were well-known. They were high influential people in society, and they, they, tra they traveled very far. Why? So they could go worship somebody they've never met before, a baby, because they knew who he was, the son of the living God, the, the king of kings. And they, they chose to lavishly express worship and adoration to a king that's in the form of a baby. That's, that's amazing. And so they, they came to worship the king of kings, this little baby that was, they're looking past the cute, chubby cheek smile to see their maker in there, to worship 
the Lord of Lords. It's amazing. God himself wrapped up in this little flesh body, worshiping Jesus. They weren't coming there so they could get Christmas presents. They came there bearing lavish gifts to worship him. So it's amazing. And I also, I do want to say this. The Lord doesn't want us to have like this false humility that that like doesn't want to be blessed to receive gifts. Like (laughs) the Lord actually loves it. Like the more blessed we can be in receiving, the more he's happy. Like a good, like a good father. Like who, who wants to, who, who wants to pay a big price and put a lot of thought and heart and energy into giving a gift to somebody just for them to say, uh, it's okay, there's, there's more important things. No, like the glory comes in the joy of the gift, right? You guys hearing me? And the Lord wants us to glory in him and the gifts he's given us. But he also, just in our own homes, like he wants us to have fun and enjoy Christmas and, and even be blessed with what you're receiving. So it's not, it doesn't have to be a greedy exchange. That's what I'm trying to say. It's not about greed. It's about the, the, a healthy joy of participating, of receiving and experiencing things, but, but not making it just about what am I getting, but, but having a heart that beholds the Lord and knows that this is all about him and the, and the best Christmas gift ever. The father sent his only son, right? And loving Jesus and seeing him in the midst of it and having generous love and giving towards one another. Amen. We're, we're going to wrap up shortly and then go into candlelight time. <clears throat> the, there's, a, there's an amazing picture of the heart of what I'm talking about in Revelation chapter 4. There, there's 24 elders that had the privileged seating around the very throne of God in heaven. And, and they've been bestowed crowns. That's an incredible thing. Like, I, I don't think that those elders received a crown and said, oh, no big deal, Lord. No, I, I think that they were actually receiving an, exchange, uh, 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 an impartation of love, honor, adoration from God, coming and saying, you are, you are my beloved sons, you're my beloved daughters. I, I crown you with my royalty. I put my royalty on you. Walk and carry this with confidence. I, th- I don't think that they were, oh, no, I'm not worthy. I don't think that's their heart. I think their heart is, I receive this. I don't deserve it, but I receive it, and I'm blessed. Amen? You guys with me? The, the, the Lord is crowning his, his children with royalty, and he wants us to walk in it very well, to enjoy it, not to flaunt it, not to be like all about me, but about receiving my sonship to a good father, who wants to give his, his, he wants me to be a part of his kingdom with him, amen? And so in Revelation 4, he's surrounded by all these people and that I'm talking about, and it says, in verse 10, it says, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne, and they worship him who lives forever and ever, 
and they cast their crowns before his throne. Whoa, they cast those crowns. Those crowns were amazing gifts. And they, and they didn't, they didn't um, degrade the value of the gift. They know the value of the gift. And they have so much love for him that they want to give value to him. And so they lay it down and worship him. That's beautiful. It's more blessed to give than to receive. doesn't mean it's not a blessing to receive. It sure is. But it's even more blessed to give. Amen? And we, we can be like those kings. We can be like the, the wise men and those 24 elders who have received the, the bounty of the Lord but, but love the Lord and love others so much. It's like, I want to give. I want to I show you honor by bestowing the honor that I carry. I want to give it to you. Guys, this is good stuff. This is good. So, so carrying the blessing and the glory that God has bestowed upon us, but then keeping that heart posture of, but I'm laying it down to you, Lord. And Jesus says, what you've done to the least of these, you've done to me. So we love him and worship him, but we also are intentional. We're going to love those around us because we're, we're giving God a place to show up in the midst of that where he can receive love, he can receive honor through our gift to him and to one another. Amen? How are you guys doing right now? Are you guys all right? This is, this is, a, this is the heart of Christmas. This is what this is all about. And we're, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close my time up here with you and just share for a, a, just a moment a family tradition that my family always had. Growing up, when I was a kid, all my aunts and uncles, cousins, my family, every year on Christmas Eve, we'd go to my, my grandparents' house, Grandma and Grandpa Cup. And <clears throat> we would have to wait till after we ate her huge pot of vegetable soup, which only a couple of my aunts and uncles liked. The rest of us bore through it. And, and then, like, we had to wait hours, but finally we got to the time where we'd all circle up in the living room. They would dim the lights, and we'd all have candles. And, and we would have the candles lit, and then we would, my grandpa would share a Christmas story, and then we'd sing a Christmas carol about Jesus, and then we'd sing happy birthday to Jesus. You guys know Christmas. Even, we don't know what day he was born, but it, re, it really represents Jesus' birthday right? It's his birthday. So we would sing happy birthday, and then we'd blow the candles out. 